In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Here's the point today. Here's the point. Jesus trusts you. I know that so much of the time we talk about trust the other way around. I trust in Jesus. You all trust in Jesus. Together we trust in Jesus as the church, and we do. It's true. We do, in fact, trust Jesus. But really, in this story, it's the other way around. In the kingdom of heaven, Jesus always makes the first move. And so then, the first thing we say about the church is that Jesus loves us. Jesus chooses us. Jesus wants us. Jesus gives himself to us. Jesus trusts us. Jesus always comes first. Jesus trusts you. Trust can be a very, very expensive thing. My dad was a wholesaler of HVAC supplies, furnaces and air conditioners, ductwork and tools, sheet metal. That was the family business where I grew up, and most of that business was done on a handshake. In good times and in bad times, people kept each other going like family. Everything was done by giving a good word, based on a relationship with a handshake and a promise. Everything was done in trust. There was a man whose business was on the edge. I don't know if anybody knew it. I don't know if my father knew it. On Friday, he came to our shop, and he loaded up a semi with $100,000 worth of stuff. That was back in the days when $100,000 worth of stuff actually meant something. He loaded up on Friday, and on Saturday, he went home, and he killed himself because he had gone bankrupt. I don't know exactly how the bankruptcy laws work, but I do know that he had taken delivery and the stuff in the semi never got returned. My dad didn't go get it, and he never really spoke about it. After all, in the course of this, he had lost a friend. But that trust, that relationship was very, very expensive for him. That is exactly the kind of trust that is going on in the gospel for today. All year long, all church year, Jesus has been building a relationship with each one of you on a word and a handshake. He started at Christmas when he gave himself to us. Then he grew up and he got smart. He stayed holy and he told us story after story so we would know how the world works. On Monday, Thursday, he gave us his flesh and blood in the Eucharist. On Good Friday, he gave us his death. And then on Easter, he gave us his life, his resurrection. And ever since Easter, he's been begging us to play along, to make a life of scripture and prayer and liturgy, and even to make work of tithing and alms and mercy and witness, just like he did. This is the truth. In the church, in the kingdom of God, Jesus trusts you with everything, with himself, with his life, with his work, with his kingdom, and with his church. Now today, as the church year winds down, if we want, we can focus on the darkness. There's plenty of talk about weeping and gnashing of teeth in this text and also in the other readings and the hymns for the day. It's a miserable part of the story, and it goes this way. In the end, the real end. Money and time and opportunities are squandered. 
and lives are lost, and the kingdom of God is a poorer place if, verse 25, I am afraid. If you are afraid. And that makes sense because this whole story is a love story. And every love story goes wrong in precisely the same way. I was afraid. It is fear that ruins relationships. It is fear that breaks trust. Fear always ends in darkness and in pain. Fear is the absolute opposite of love. But then, as St. John writes, 1 John 4, 18, perfect love casts out fear. And that, you see, is what we are after today. There was never a more perfect love than the one that has chased you down and wrapped you up this whole church year in the words and work in the mercy of Jesus Christ. So here's the point as this church year winds down. Jesus the Christ, the Word made flesh, Jesus loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, and more than that, because He loves you, He trusts you. And He has given you everything He's got, His own life, His work, His death, His body, His blood, His soul, divinity, Advent and Christmas, Lent, Easter and Pentecost, in love and in trust, Jesus has given us everything. He has even given us His Father, even His Holy Spirit, even His happy ending. Well done, good and faithful servants. Well done, all of you. So today, rather than having the story as a grim threat, let's have the story as gift and blessing, even as invitation and as compliment. Listen to how wonderfully it goes when it is read in love. The Master, that's Jesus, verse 14, invited his servants, that's all of you, to come near. And verse 14, he trusted them with his stuff. Verse 15, he trusted them depending on their particular power, virtue, excellence, influence. He trusted them, says the text, based on their ability to get things done, to do well with what they'd been given. He trusted them to use his gifts well in his stead. Verse 16, verse 21, to work, to trade, to get a return on investment. Sidebar, please. I look around at all of you, and what do I see? People who are old and wise, people who are young and able, people who have been entrusted with quite a lot, very talented, very blessed. And so that means on the last day, Jesus from you in this place, in this room, will expect quite a return on his investment. You've been given much, and so much will be expected from each one of you. But that, you see, is good news. It is not a threat. Jesus will only be your enemy if you make him be your enemy. He does not want to be your enemy. So the fives made five, the twos made two, and the master Jesus was really, really happy with that. He said, you twos and you fives, you just got it right. Now you're fours and tens. You honored my trust. You did just what I wanted. You did exactly what I told you to do. I loved you and you loved me right back. Come home, let's live together in my house, in joy forever. Verse 21. 
And that is the end of the story for all of us if we will only have it. This need not be a grim story of threat. This is the greatest possible story. Living in gift, living in blessing, living in forgiveness, living in hard work. Living in community, living in love, and doing all of that for Christ and the kingdom of heaven. It's just the absolute best. It's why this room, it's why this place, it's why this church is the best place on earth. Divine love makes the first move, and divine love gives you everything. Divine love casts out fear, and when there's no fear, it means that you can take the risk to work hard and bring back a genius return on investment. Love favors the good. Love favors the faithful. Love favors the honorable and the brave. Love favors those who work hard in Christ's honor. Those who live up to the power and the virtue and the excellence that's been put into them by Christ himself. So this is the bottom line. The Lord knows what he has put into each one of you. And the Lord knows what he can get out of you. Let this be a happy story of big returns, a happy story of Christ's investment in you that is well used. Let's not disappoint. It's the end of the church year. Let's live in joy. Let's use the blessings well. Let the year end, and someday let the world end together as a church of fours and tens, not fives or twos or ones, in a brilliant witness to Jesus. In his holy name, amen.